welcome back. It's been a it's been a long time coming, but we're back again, ba- baby. We're we're back. It's been a while. In the New York Something like that. I'm coming back. Uh, we're 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 back. Woo! In a minute. I've got to make it show. I'm coming. Diana Ross, baby. We are the Supremes. Welcome, welcome back to the show. Oh man, uh, it was a, a a confluence of schedule conflicts and COVID that held us back for the past couple of weeks. But we have made a triumphant return to your earbuds. This is just for you, Mister Listener. Coming at you, back again. Did you miss us? Probably not. No, I can assure uh, you, no. I did miss our our uh, twice a week time together, though, Corwin. I must say. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. That, that was nice. That was always I, nice. I have. don't miss waiting twenty minutes for you to actually join the meeting invites I send you, but I I did miss spending time with you. <laughs> Deserve it. I'll take that. Yep. Yeah, I send you them to you hours in advance. <laughs> I think that's the problem. I think you need to send them right at five. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, welcome back to the show. It is the Thursday episode of the show. Uh, as you're listening to this, uh, we're recording this 5.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. And because we missed a couple of weeks, uh, the NFL regular season wrapped up. We had playoffs, um, playoff teams, and then we had the first round of the playoffs, the wild card games. So, so far... Every team except for the one seeds in the AFC and NFC, which are in this case, the Titans and the Packers have played at least one playoff game so far. There are results. There are new matchups. There's a whole bunch of shit. Um, Corbin, you want to start with uh, how wild card weekend went? No. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, uh, you know, when it comes to the wild card, I suppose, or the playoffs, I suppose it is still something of a treat to get disappointed because it means your team at least made it, um, which one of us can say, although your team did get their shit absolutely just shoved in um, after they made their first score. So since we're talking about it to start, might as well just keep going. The Chiefs booty blasted the pi- the Pirates, the Steelers. Um 42 to 21, the Steelers put up seven and then the Chiefs answered back with what I think was like 45 straight. (laughs) And then the Steelers were like, no, we're still here and scored a a very squeaky two more touchdowns to because I guess you have to. You can't just be like, ah, fuck it, whatever. You guys win. We get it. We get it. And walk off the field. You have to finish the game. So they kept they kept trying. Um, oh, he's trying. Oh, he's trying. Um, and plus, it was Big Ben's last game, so you got to do something for that. But not a good last showing. Dance of Mary Jane. No, that was. Um, I don't know how I want to put this. Bad. That was bad. Um, I took a picture of the seven to no score, just <laughs> so I could have that. I, I saw that you sent it to me on Snapchat the next day, and I was like, ooh, man, if only Corwin of when this picture was taken knew what was about to happen. <laughs> um, fuck. I mean, look, we all knew exactly how that was going to play out. Yeah. Never say never, uh, but never. Um, 
I would have loved for it to be a Cinderella story of like one last playoff victory, you know, underdog tale, David takes on Goliath, you know, Big Ben, one last hurrah. But at the end of the day, it's a very clear picture of which team was just going to eviscerate the other one. And um, it wasn't 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger who can throw a fucking ball 25 yards max. Um, but hey, there's always next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep telling yourself that. Um, yeah, it was uh, probably the best-looking game that I've seen of Kansas City so far this season. Granted, I don't watch a lot of their games, but like, you know, they had a, a small losing stretch early on in the season, and people have talked greatly about Patrick Mahomes um, being figured out by opposing team defenses and defensive coordinators, and how some of his tricks and the tricks of the Kansas City offense have been uh, done enough that there's been enough repetition, there's enough film that they have been conquered. And the Steelers, for all of their issues on offense, are not like a, a poor defensive team. You know, TJ Watt just tied the all-time sack record, which we'll talk about more come award season. Um, but to, to see them get dismantled the way that they did, I think really maybe speaks more to Kansas City than it does against um, Pittsburgh, especially in this instance. So it'll also be interesting to see if Kansas City can carry that throughout the playoffs because, again, one of the big storylines from this season has been we know who they are now. Um, on that note, if TJ Watt does not win uh, Defensive Player of the Year, I will. Burn what was that, Aaron Donald? What? No, I will. Uh, uh, burn Aaron this Donald. Thing. I'm. I'm hearing Aaron Donald. Burn it to the ground. Uh, speaking of, of seven seeds getting their shit rocked, let's just pop on over to the other seven seed matchup um, from this past Wild Card Weekend week, and that was the Eagles taking on the Bucks. And I didn't really care who won like the Chiefs Steelers game. I, I think I passively would root for the Chiefs, but I really don't give a shit. With this game, I I'm rooting for the Eagles because oh, yeah. I, oh, how do you root for Tom? I, like, Everyone I is rooting the for the Brady. exact same reason, you know. Right. I respect the shit out of Tom Brady at this point. We've talked about it on the show before. He has earned my respect finally, and that's all that matters is my respect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. And still, fuck the guy. Like, I don't fucking like him. I don't like his stupid fucking face. I don't like the fact he wins all these goddamn football games. And to I see this, them get... Stupid fucking face. To see them just get rocked. I mean, like, because that game happened first, too. That that yeah. preceded the, the Steelers-Chiefs uh, game. And I know that the score difference is about the same. The Steelers lost by 21. The Eagles lost by uh, 16. The Eagles' loss feels like it was way bigger. Which is wild because the Steelers scored two garbage-time touchdowns to make that score a 21-point game. But at least it started the first quarter feeling like the Steelers had a chance. Like they were winning the game. The Eagles just looked lost from the start. And even though it was a, by all means better you know showing uh points wise it just felt lost from the beginning and no yeah. point did you think the eagles could do it no and it's like you said the 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 steelers scored first and they scored in three consecutive quarters two three and four 
seven points apiece. The Eagles did not score in this game until the fourth quarter when they put up two touchdowns. So they got outscored. They got outscored 31 to nothing. And then in garbage time in the late goings, managed to scrape together two touchdowns. Um, In literally the last uh, 12 minutes of the game, Boston Scott had a 34-yard rushing touchdown at the 12.08 mark in the fourth quarter. And then Kenneth Gainwell got a 16-yard reception for a touchdown um, at the 4.45 mark. Like, like really just squeaking them in there at the end. Just completely meaningless stats. It's oh, the Blake yeah. Bortles of games. Matt Stafford, Lions era, absolutely. And so you leaves like Jalen Hurts with this wacky-ass stat line, which is not good by any means, of uh, 43 attempts. That's, that's a number. 23 a <laughs> completions for 258 yards. One touchdown, two interceptions, only sacked twice, which, man, it feels like more. Um, and a quarterback rating of 60. His counterpart, Tom Brady, 37 attempts, 29 receptions, or completions, 271 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, got sacked four times, a quarterback rating of 115.2. I'm just so fucking annoyed with how good Tom Brady is at 49 billion years old. Is he? He's not 49. I know that. But, like, what is he, 43 now? Uh, uh, no, he's actually 50 at this point. Every time you mention Tom Brady's age, he gets a little older. He gets a year. He gets a yeah. day every time someone mentions uh, He is 44 anyway. years young. Fuck you. <laughs> 44. Dude's Too a old. Gen Xer. <laughs> oh, ain't that. <laughs> Man, we got Gen Zers in the NFL now, and there's a Gen Xer. Not even a millennial. It's a Gen Xer going out there I talking mean, about we back have, in my day. We have people born in the 2000s in the NFL, and Tom Brady's old enough to be my dad. Yeah. I know, man. I don't like it. It's not a good – Tom Brady is getting thrown around in the, the Twitter a lot the other day. Tom Brady's older than every remaining head coach in the NFC. What? Yeah. Sean McVay's like 35. Uh, Matt LaFleur's like 42. Um, who else is left? You, you had to take out Bruce Arians. That was his team. And then it was like, God, I don't remember who all these people are. I don't care. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's not that old. Like he, he's, he's older than everybody. This has to be in the playoffs, right? Yeah, in the playoffs. Every remaining okay. team in the okay. NFC, barring the Bucks. I was like looking it up. Like, did Carroll get fired or retire or die? Like, what the fuck is going on? All three in in that yeah. order. Yeah, he got fired, announced his retirement, and immediately kicked the bucket. <laughs> no, the way you the can't American fire capitalist me. system. I quit. The way the American capitalist <laughs> system wants you to behave. You're fired. No, I quit, so I can't collect unemployment. Actually, I'm dead. Um, yeah. I don't like it when we speak these truths and word them like jokes. <laughs> we are the people's podcast, but the people are very sad and underpaid. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, it's amazing where people oh, don't listen to this garbage. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was a very disinteresting game, honestly, for both teams. Your both teams went in as a two seed for the the Chiefs and and the Bucks. So they're obviously very good. They just barely both just barely missed out on being the one seed. Obviously. Um, and it really didn't make the case for expanding the playoffs like at all. And, you know, that's part of the idea of best seed plays. The worst seed is that the likelihood of the better seed advancing is very, very high because you want the best teams to continue. And the only way that team wouldn't continue is if they were secretly bad the whole time and got the shit rocked by a bad team, which may or may not be what some people might be expecting for the Tennessee Titans game this weekend. Um, but regardless, this did not make that case. Both of these were the, I mean, two of the probably three biggest blowouts of the, of the week. Ah, well, we'll get to it, but, uh, either way, neither game was especially interesting really from, from, from the word go, the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers made a better argument for themselves, but it quickly devolved into madness. Um, I watched the full game because it's Big Ben's last. Um, but I pulled up a second stream with golf uh, after halftime. Um, it wasn't a game I enjoyed watching. I read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I read a hundred pages of Mel Brooks's memoir. <laughs> Any good jokes? Yeah, it's Mel Brooks. Kel asked me the same thing. She was like, any any good stories? I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking memoir. That's why he wrote the goddamn book. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good stories. <laughs> I could just see, just as a joke, Mel Brooks's entire memoir is just like, and then Tuesday, January 13th, I did nothing. Wednesday, January 14th, I went for a walk. It was sunny. January 15th. It's just it's the most ju- mundane bullshit. Just it's just dry. a textbook of like uh, yeah. movie industry accounting. <laughs> <laughs> movie accounting as real as the NFL salary cap. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. It, a different conversation, but yeah, it was not an. Ex- I I was secretly a little bit. I felt a twang in my heart, uh, hoping that the Chiefs would just be like, "Eh, we're up by twenty-one." Let's let them score on the on the end of this drive. And then they just didn't. And it felt so awkward when the game ended. <laughs> like the game ended. And even the, the commentators were starting to like hype it up a little bit. Like the Steelers are driving. What a cool, great way it would be for Big Ben to go out with uh, with a touchdown pass. And then time expires. <laughs> After a pass gets deflected, I think, at like like the like the 20 or some shit. And it just felt so deflating because the commentators were trying to keep you interested oh, in the yeah. game by building this thing up. And then it was just like, and Chiefs win. See you fuckers later. I got nothing. I've got <laughs> nothing to add to this. I have nothing to say. It's just like, I. Big Ben got one final passing touchdown in the playoffs, and that's really all I can really hope and pray for, you know? It's true. He made the playoffs in his last season. That's an accomplishment. You'll remember that a lot more than you will the horrendousness of this loss. But anyway, speaking of 
Um, anticlimactic ends to games. There was a little bit of controversy when the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys by a single score, scored 23 to 17. Uh, early, I guess actually, I think they were the middle of the day game. One of the fucking games on Saturday. Sunday? Shit. Dog, I can't keep this shit straight. Whatever the Cowboys played, they they played and they lost and they lost because now people were saying they lost because the the ref had to nudge his way in past the O-line to place the ball. They really lost because Dak Prescott decided to run up the middle of the field with 14 seconds left <laughs> and no timeouts, which was just a bizarre plan. Um, but. It was an interesting game in that, man, that's not how I expected it to go. The um, Niners looked inconsistent, which I think was to be expected, but the Cowboys looked way more inconsistent. Both teams left a ton of points on the field. Neither team really got it going. And the Cowboys seemed so underprepared. Like the, the Niners inconsistency seemed to stem from Jimmy Garoppolo, which is fine. Like he's, not going to get extended there again. Like he is what he, what he is. We've all come to accept this, but the Cowboys, he might actually, who knows, but well, that's fair. He, who, who does know, but the Cowboys just seemed like they had no real plan at any point in the game. And it really showed those last like 10 minutes. The Mike McCarthy special, just like, Hey, I got Aaron Rodgers. Hey, I got Dak Prescott. Okay. Go play football. And that's the thing, like, even if that, if it feels like they didn't game plan for like, all right, we're down. Because even if you take out the first 50 minutes of the game as being like, uh, you know, you guys know what to do, go do it. You know, the last 10 minutes of the game is really where a guy like Aaron Rodgers shines. Because he's like, I'm just going to throw this ball 80 yards in the air and someone will be there to catch it. Just you fucking watch. And that takes the decision-making out of Mike McCarthy's hands because he's like, oh, yeah, he'll just go do that. Whereas Dak Prescott apparently said to himself, I'm going to run up the middle of the field and just hope I don't get tackled. <laughs> I just came across the best statistic possibly ever. Uh, Tom Brady has more playoff wins as a buck five uh, than the Cowboys do since their last Super Bowl. Which is three, Four. right? Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, four wins, you know, in 30 <laughs> years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm scared. And it's so funny it's, because Brady Cowboys also has are... the same amount of playoff wins versus NFC teams as Aaron Rodgers, despite spending two seasons in the NFC. Wait, that makes no sense. Oh, the because he's because and yeah. all and the the conference games against in the AFC. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Then his career has been like twice over Aaron Rodgers' entire fucking existence. Well, no, it's just solely the five wins as a buck plus all of the other Super Oh, you Bowls mean playoff wins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow, that's uh, that, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, you gotta hate him. Um, so the the game was pretty even Niners came out to an early 10, nothing lead and they looked unstoppable from the word go. The Cowboys never really got it together. Uh, it was not Dak's best game, even though they started force feeding him the ball, but it really wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo's best game either. So after the 
Um, Niners kind of got out to an early lead. There was a little bit of back and forth, but really for the most part, it felt like the, the Niners were just trying to do containment and letting their defense just annihilate, um, which man, they did a really, really good fucking job. They sacked Dak Prescott five times that game who ended up having a very similar line to Jalen hurts of 43 attempts, 23 completions, 254 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He also had one touchdown on the ground, but uh, not not a great game in the air. And then looking over at Jimmy G, uh, not many any more impressive. 25 attempts, 16 completions, 172 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, no sacks, and uh, 67.4 com- uh, uh, quarterback rating. Yeah. Again, like, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is not a superstar QB. We know Jack Prescott should be, but hasn't since he got hurt. I just, I wanted so much more from both of these teams. And it's just like, eh. it's just like a shrug your shoulders of just like, eh. I don't expect anything from the Cowboys because it's the Cowboys in the playoffs, even though I predicted them to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I'm just happy Kyle Shanahan moved on, I guess. That's, that's the only takeaway I have from that. Yeah, I I mean, the defense is for both teams really shown, which was nice. This is this this is, is what the score of an actual defensive slugfest should be, not zero zero. Zero seven to nothing is just both teams' offenses blew hot ass. And couldn't get it done. This was actually like if you go back and watch this game again, understanding the score, like this was this was defense. This was a really really fun game for for defense, um, and that plays honestly really into the strengths of the Niners, who apparently can subsist a lot more on not going to the air than the Cowboys can. You know, yes, all yes. together. Oh, shit, man. Yeah, yeah, all all together, twenty five passing attempts for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then 37 rushing attempts uh, from the rest of the t- 38 total rushing plays, but one of them is a one yard rushing attempt from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, whereas I mean, the Cowboys running game is so good that even his wide receivers can be all pro running backs. Just the way it works. And and on the other side of of the of the team, Dak Prescott 43 passing attempts, and then they had a cumulative. I want you to actually guess. Not counting QB runs, how many run plays the Cowboys had that game? Um, 10. Uh, 17. Wow. Zeke Elliott had 12 like carries. That's it. 12 um, for 31 yards. Tony Pollard had four for 14. And C.D. Lamb had one for five. C.D. Lamb had one rush and one reception. That's not great for one of your best players of offense, if not the best. And also when you're, when your team lets up five sacks, I mean, 12 rushing attempts for his, for Zeke is oof, his long was nine. Oh. Debo Samuel's long was 26. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty great. Debo's a good running back. As a Debo had, 
Debo had 10, 10 attempts for 72 yards and three receptions for 38 yards. Zeke didn't have a, didn't have a, um, Oh, he had four targets for one reception of zero yards. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Zeke. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. I, I don't know what this really means for the Cowboys. Hopefully, for them, it means that they're moving on from Mike McCarthy sometimes. Did they already fire him? Mm, no. They should. They, I mean, they obviously shouldn't have hired him. Um, will they fire him? I doubt it. They should, again. Absolutely should, but they won't. How long did they hold on to Jason Garrett? I mean, oh, so, but I wonder, that's what I'm saying, though. I wonder if they learned the lesson of we got to cut our losses before our Hall of Fame quarterbacks retire. <laughs> like they held on to Jason Garrett for, they ruined Tony Romo's career. <laughs> I mean, yes, I don't think they ever would learn their lesson, though. Do, do old white billionaires ever learn their lessons? Tune in at no. 11 to find out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would think someone in the Cowboys front office would have the balls to go to Jerry and be like, listen here, you piece of shit. Fire this man. <laughs> listen here, you piece of shit billionaire who owns my soul. You're like 90 and going to forget this conversation in 10 minutes, bitch. So I'm going to talk to you however I want. <laughs> I don't more people listen to this show. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, we release an episode once a month. Yeah, I, it, yeah, COVID, baby, you can only do what you can do. Um, is this will be an interesting game for the Niners coming up, which we'll get into matchups and in, in future matchups this weekend's matchups in a second. But uh, this was between the Cowboys and Niners, one of the more interesting games because neither team had really hit a too big of a stride. The Cowboys had the better record in the regular season. The Cowboys finished uh, 12 and five. The Niners finished 10 and seven. The Cowboys also play the NFC East. (laughs) Man, that's not a good division. And if you just swap out two wins against shit ass competition for two losses, these are the same team record wise. Yeah, it's Um, like one team played in the best division in the league and one played in the worst. (laughs) Yeah, so like the record here, it is a meaningless number. Um, and so this was bound to be interesting. And, and to their credit, they kept it very interesting. This game was on its toes pretty much the whole time. Cowboys kept it interesting. Um, yeah. I'm very interested to see what the Niners end up doing heading into the next game. But again, we'll get to next games in a moment. Uh, let's see. Uh, games I didn't care about. Uh, Raiders Bengals. Never cared about that game. Gotta say, watch the whole the thing. Bengals fan. I cared for that reason alone. Um, otherwise, yeah. No. Genuinely, as a Steelers fan, I don't really care who wins that game. You know? Not only that, and I, I know the score is pretty tight, 26 to 19. You know, it's a one-score game. It never felt close. It didn't feel it once. Yep. The Raiders never really felt like they got going, and the Bengals would end up having huge plays and just kind of fizzle out. So it felt like they were on the field the whole time and just dominating. Right. Actually, let me. I have right here. Let's see. Time of possession. Do I have that? Maybe. Uh, I must. I. Oh, actually, that's way closer than I would have thought. Cincinnati, 31 minutes. Uh, uh, Vegas, uh, 28 minutes. So, Cincinnati, 32 that's minutes, I should say. Incredibly close. About as close as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's two minutes off of a 50 50 split. That's pretty. 
I, yeah, I don't, then I don't really know why it felt the way it done did feel, but it, it definitely done didn't feel that way. Like total yards, it honestly isn't even that. The Raiders had more yards than the Bengals. Raiders had 80 more yards than the Bengals. It's really weird. Because I would have put it as, oh, I would have been like, oh, yeah, the Bengals had like 100 more yards than the Raiders, you know, or whatever, maybe 150. No, no, less, actually. You're incredibly wrong. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe turnovers. The rate Vegas had two, one fumble, one pick. The Bengals had no turnovers. Maybe that has something to do with it. But watching the game, ignoring the score, it never really felt that tight of a game. Uh, right. From from the fucking word go, it never felt tight. Especially because after the end of the first quarter, it was ten three since Cincinnati, and Cincinnati seemed like they were rolling. So you kind of just go like, ah, all right, this game's over. And clearly not the case necessarily, but uh, close enough, honestly, close enough. Did not care. Did not care. Do you care about what this means for the, the Bengals organization or the Raiders for that matter? Um, seeing as I think this is going to drastically, like Derber said it, like, hey, Bengals fans, like this is what you should expect from here on out. I think that's a huge difference for the city that by all means hasn't expected this or really thought this was a possibility for, I mean, maybe back in like the early teens when you thought that they could do something with Andy Dalton, um, which they never really did. Yeah. I mean, it's probably huge for the city, you know, I'm all for the team being more competitive. And, you know, just being a, a a team with some hope. Because really, you know, the Browns are fun to have as the team with no hope because it's the Browns. Fuck them. Um, that's really it. Like, I would genuinely want every other team to have the capacity to be good. You know? I, I also think when you have marquee success which i know this is a wild card game but for a team that has not won a playoff game since 1990 fucking two before either member of this podcast was conceived let alone born um it it, that is a marquee win and when you have those types of moments it can cause it should anyway cause your franchise or your corporation your small business fucking whatever uh to look at the recent decisions that have been made and go, what worked that we should carry into the future? And that should be the big takeaway for the Bengals, which is, hey, we fired Marvin Lewis. He was awful. We can see that now. We drafted a young quarterback and put pieces around him. We gave him offensive line members. We gave him good uh, wide receivers. We drafted a wide receiver that he played with in college. Get as many players from the 2020 LSU National Championship team as he possibly can. In 30 years, we'll still be drafting those motherfuckers. Um, but regardless, you know, it, it, whatever is going on behind the scenes that we don't understand, you know, with, with it has to do with uh, clubhouse chemistry or specific play calling and understanding of uh, what routes work for everybody, what play designs work for all that type of shit, hopefully should have a, you know, a postmortem of the season whenever it concludes and take that away from it and build a better organization going forward. Because really, that's that's what long-term... That's what a successful franchise... That's how it becomes what it is. You know what I mean? It, it's 
a continued period of success where you learn from the success instead of just trying to avoid failure. Which is really mm-hmm. one of the reasons that the Jets fucking sucked for as long as they, they, they've sucked because the only time that they really did anything good was when they had Mark Sanchez at the helm. And I, I don't think they ever understood that Mark Sanchez shouldn't have been at the helm. That w- We were fluking our way into those wins. None, no part of that was sustainable. And then they just kept trying to chase that dragon. I'm sad. Oh, the magic dragon. Eh, you had Mark Sanchez at quarterback. You, you should be sad. There's no happiness from that. It's really just been dawning on me how long ago that playoff appearance was. 2010. Really? Man, that was 12 years ago. I know. I'm trying to think of what I was doing. I was in seventh grade. Like, it doesn't. It, 12 years. Like, I just. Oh, God. It kills me. It kills me inside. But hey, Isn't that when next the Cardinals won the World Cardinal? Series. Uh, 2012. I thought they won 2010. Oh, 2012. You said 2012. I was no, thinking tw- sorry, 2010. 2010. Sorry, it is 2010. It is 2010. I, 12 years ago, 2010, though. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2010 World Series winner was the Giants. Even year? Even year bullshit. Uh, yeah, so that's the, that's, that's the Vegas Cincy Giants. game. Uh, go eat some Skyline chili and uh, I don't know, shit your brains out for like a week or whatever your preferred form <laughs> of hand dysentery is. I don't need that to do that. No All right, we got two matchups here left. Uh, Buffalo's Patriots, which was never a competition. And boy, did that make me happy. Uh, the Patriots could not have possibly looked worse as Buffalo scored a touchdown on every single drive that they had. Yeah, the Cardinals won. FYI. 2011? Yeah. That sounds right. Because um, it is. It sounds it, too. <laughs> I'm convinced. Uh, yeah, the only reason for the slightly wonky score is a couple of missed extra points, but when you score fucking six seven touchdowns who gives a shit like who cares uh the patriots did not score in the first quarter and put up three combined points in the first half and got curb stomped in their fucking faces 17 to 47 uh mac jones had himself honestly not the worst day but definitely not a good one as he went 24 for 38 232 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, three sacks, and a quarterback rating of 75.8, which compared to some of the other quarterback ratings we looked at for this playoff weekend, honestly, not horrible. Uh, The problem is uh, no one else did him any fucking favors, including their team's defense that allowed Josh Allen to do this. Now, before I tell you how many passing attempts Josh Allen had, I want you to tell me how many passing attempts you feel like Josh Allen had with seven touchdowns on the board. Um, I mean, I feel like it should be like 35, but I know it's closer to like 20, 22, 23. 25 attempts. Okay. How many completions? I know he had 
he I think he had what one less than touchdowns, so he would have had twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Nah. Went twenty one for twenty five. Five touchdown passes, which means twenty percent of his attempts were touchdowns. Yeah. Means that twenty three and a half percent of his completions were touchdowns. Say what you will about you know, um, you know, getting a, a certain number of yards or getting a certain number of touchdowns or having a certain completion percentage. Anytime you have more touchdowns than incompletions, that is an excellent day. Like that is just the pinnacle. It, it, this is a stat line that it's impossible to cherry pick anything from because yeah. all of it's fantastic. All of it is exactly how you want it. Yep. Like he had 20, sorry, 14.6 yards per completion in the, uh, for passing. That's amazing. He beat that. Yeah. He, he had 21 that? completions. He had 308 yards. That's just amazing. And he ran incredibly well. He got 66 yards on the ground in six attempts. That's 11 yards <laughs> per rushing attempt. So fucking funny. It's, it's just like stupid. the Patriots laughed their way to the bank, along with all of us, for when they beat them throwing the ball twice without realizing, like, no, we're going to kill you now. We're just going to kill you. We're going to do it. We're going to kill it, you. And it was funny because the series for this these two teams had been split, and it's something that we probably would have talked about if we had gotten the time before um, Wildcard Weekend to talk about it, which is – the Patriots beat the Bills in Buffalo and then the Bills beat the Patriots in New England. And so here's another game in Buffalo series is even and no team has shown size of a home field advantage, which doesn't necessarily mean all that much, especially when both teams normally play in the same time zone. Um, but Hey, it's something conversationally anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, howdy, none of it fucking mattered. None of it fucking mattered. No. Like at all remotely. Yeah. And, you know, just, just to, to nail in a, a point from earlier about how great the Niners defense was. Uh, so Ezekiel Elliott, just, just reminding everyone of, of, of this stat line, Ezekiel Elliott, 12 rushes for 31 yards. Uh, a man by the name of Isaiah McKenzie had three rushes for 29 yards, two yards shy of Zeke's total in nine fewer rushing attempts. And I don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, uh, Isaiah McKenzie's a wide receiver. He's the number two guy for Buffalo. Oh, maybe that's why his name seems so unfamiliar to me in the running back spot. I'm trying to picture why I'm th- yeah. I, this, this guy's a running back. Yeah, he is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> right? And that, again, is a testament to how great the Niners defense played and how poorly the New England defense played, which is usually their strong point from a coaching perspective. And, man, they had nothing, nothing. No answers, man. And you know what? Which I'll felt be honest, fucking amazing. Love to see. Felt fucking <laughs> you know, in a regular season game. Ah, Patriots got stomped, but it doesn't mean much. You know, it's a regular season game. You learn, you move on. To see it in a playoff game, to see to, to not get the usual Bill Belichick bullshit of ah, the first half sucked, but we're gonna come for your fucking shorts in the second half. No, you got your shit pushed in the second half too. Granted, yeah, by no a lot answer. less, yep. but you still got 20 points dropped on you in the second half. 
eat my mm-hmm. balls. Yep. It was truly a game of anyone in the NFL who watched that was happy. Was oh, yeah. Absolutely fucking happy. Patriots fans, NFC fans, like literally anyone who has ever had to play the Patriots in the last 25 years was just like, thank you. Yeah, because even with to to, to borrow a, a Seinfeld joke, uh, I'm tired of seeing those clothes on TV. That laundry is no longer appealing to me on the television. I need different laundry on the field on my TV. I don't care that Tom Brady is not there. Fuck your laundry. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's true. I hate fucking looking at those uniforms succeed. I'm, I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> they deserve. They've been so good for so long. They deserve a five-year stretch, at least, of being the Browns. Oh, yeah. They, and they deserve a national heartbreak. Listen, right. listen up, you pieces of shit. I've had to deal with butt fumble for a decade because <laughs> of one weird game on Thanksgiving in 2012. You can get curb stomped by the Bills in Buffalo, be sad about it, and fucking like it. <laughs> We literally have had to see Bill Belichick be the greatest coach in the history of the sport for 20 years. Let him get like, let him have a five-year stretch where he's so bad he's fired or just run out of New England. Just gape that man's butthole. I'm I'm coming for Bill Belichick's butthole. It's mine. (laughs) And I want it. And I will not be soft and gentle. Oh, all right, man. That brings us to the last game that happened. It was the Monday night game, so it, most recent one. And it, this was a real toss-up, honestly, based on how these teams had played coming in. The Rams obviously uh, played phenomenal this whole season, 13-5. and five. Another team that really uh, started 12-5, and five, just missed out on getting uh, a one-seed spot. And the Cardinals, second in their division, started off to a, what, 7 nothing stretch, I, I think, to start the year. Uh, let me see there. Yeah. Seven and zero to start the year. Um, and so, yeah, this was, this was a hell of a matchup and man, it was again, a game that was just never close. I have never seen, I don't watch Cardinals games. They usually start here late. I, I don't care about the Cardinals. They play teams. I don't usually care about. So when I hear great things about Kyler Murray's season, which I'm sure was phenomenal. I uh, accept them as reality and then prepare to carry that into the postseason. And Kyler Murray's season, just for the record, 14 games, uh, 3,787 passing yards. Uh, he had a completion percent of 69.2. He had 24 touchdowns on 10 interceptions, a quarterback rating of oh, 56.8. Uh, it's QBR, quarterback rating of 100.6. Uh, took 31 that sacks. Yeah. This is it's a really it's an it's a nice season. It, it's not a, a, a globe shattering season, but it's a really it's a nice season. What was his uh, fielding stats in center field? Uh, he DRS of fucking twenty two, baby. Uh, <laughs> now let me tell you what didn't go so great for Kyler Murray. That is the wild card game where he looked like the worst quarterback I've ever seen. And man, I watched Geno Smith a lot, um, a lot for like four years. Um. It was so incredibly bad. And each interception, I can't believe it's only two interceptions. I can't believe 
looking at the stat line, it was only two interceptions. The pick six that he threw, I, oh my God. I, I was like dumbfounded at staring at my television in utter disbelief that a professional quarterback made that throw. It was unbelievable. Like I did not watch the game in real time. I know. I understand. I'm sorry. I should be better. We have, um, but yeah, we, again, we have lives and Holy fuck. How the fuck do you see that happening? Like I should say watching the highlight of it. I don't know how I could have reacted to that in live live in real time. Thank you. That it's just the most dumbfounded decision. Like that is probably the same reaction I would have had to the butt fumble of just pure shock and horror. It happened in slow motion, man. I swear to God, it happened in slow motion. It's one of those things where it's like the world's most, it it, it starts off as one of those plays where every football fan in America is watching it going, throw the ball, throw the ball, just fucking throw it, throw the, throw, throw the ball. And then it, and then you see him get sacked. And then you see the arms start to pull back and you're like, no, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Why? What is happening? Why are you making that choice? Then you see the (laughs) softest little sidearm, just, just gentle lob of the ball in the air right into a linebacker's hands. (laughs) And the thing is, that's why it's such a dangerous play. When you are on offense, most of your players are not at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they are five to at this point, 50 yards downfield, not literally, but you know what I mean? They're Mm -hmm. five to 20 yards downfield trying to get open from their defenders. Whereas there's 11 defenders, only like four to five of whom might be at back in coverage. The other six or seven of them are going to be up front of the line covering screen plays and trying to to go into pass coverage or into quarterback pressure. Like the odds are not in your favor. Because even the dudes who are by the line of scrimmage for you are your linemen. <laughs> like, yeah. You've got maybe a, a running back, maybe a tight end, if you're lucky. Like, mm-hmm. eligible receivers on offense, we're talking best-case scenario, like two dudes. Best-case scenario for the defense, we're still talking like four dudes. It, it, like, odds, not good. The odds of you making that pass back to the line of scrimmage so that's not a safety anyway, not good. <laughs> there are so few positive outcomes from this play. Almost none. Uh, yeah, I felt I did feel bad for the kid. It looked like he was gonna cry, which I was like, oh no. How much how much is that from the fact that he is roughly the size of a child? Oh, like 75% of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's an itty bitty boy. Yeah, that was man. man. And don't get me wrong, like the the Rams defense is a good defense, and their quarterback pressure is is very good. They still have you know defensive player of the year Aaron Donald, um, defensive player of every of every year Aaron Donald, defensive player of of our our, our world Aaron Donald, uh, our millennia, our generation really. Uh, uh, at, <laughs> why do you say the things you say? <laughs> um, and so I, I, I get it. You know, you're, you're playing on a Monday night. You're the only team, all eyes on you. First time in the playoffs. Cause I don't think the me. Caroline, I don't think the, the Cardinals made the playoffs last year. 
I'm just going to say they didn't. I'm not going to lie. Almost certainly didn't. I feel like they didn't, and that should count for for something. Um, For everything, really. That's the only thing. Yeah. 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 I I am the shadow government. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jews do run it all. (laughs) But it's just me. It's yes. It's really just me in an office filing paperwork because no one else showed up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, sorry. So it should be the Jew runs everything. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, of course. I've got about it's probably uh, a Hebrew mistranslation, you know, something like that. Yeah, I've got about a hundred uh, constitutional amendments sitting on back order right now, and yeah, wait, waiting for the time is right to sneak them through. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> and and it was amazing, also because much like we 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 kind of just said with the uh, I guess the Bengals game we were just talking about. It's not like Matt Stafford had a, a barn burner of a day. He had a really good day, but only because he wasn't really asked to. He had 17 pass attempts. Like he, they didn't need him to do a lot because the Cardinals could never get their offense going. And so, you know, they own like the, the Rams only scored 34 points. And I say only because, man, if they care to, they could have pushed that shit over 50. And I'm not exaggerating. That's how bad this fucking game was. And so you look at Matt Stafford, uh, 17 attempts, 13 completions, 202 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, one sack, quarterback rating of 154.5. Yeah, because they didn't need him to do shit. He, he had four incompletions. Carla Murray had two more completions than Matt Stafford had attempts. Because he didn't need to do a lot. And the rest, they divvied up between the running backs. Sony Michelle, 58 rushing attempts. Sorry, th- sorry, 13 rushing attempts. Cam Akers, 17 rushing attempts. Each one, each guy got about 55 yards. There you go. Stop. What else do you need? Um, and how about, how about Odell? Getting his first career postseason touchdown. I saw somewhere that he has six touchdowns in nine games after having like the same amount in the last like 24 with the Browns, something like that. Something to that regard of just like insane efficiency in comparison. He has five touchdowns with the Rams. He never had five touchdowns in a season with Cleveland. Oh. Altogether, uh, between 2019, 2020, and the first 13, sorry, six games of 2021 that he played with Cleveland, he had a combined eight touchdowns. He has six with the Rams. As much as we talk about not really wanting any other team to be bad, except for maybe the Patriots, I enjoy watching the Browns be bad. They're awful. They are so incredibly awful. And this is what we talked about when, when that trade first happened is, look, Odell was hot shit in New York. And he acted like hot shit because he fucking was hot shit. He absolutely he was. He really was. He really was. He goes to Cleveland. Until, until he went on that fucking boat and posted uh, that fucking picture. Damn those Timberland boots at, at sea. <laughs> those boots don't belong at sea. Those are... Those are boots for, for the cold. Those are brick boots. Anyway. Um, and, you know, his time in Cleveland sucked ass. And people were like, oh, Odell's just a whiny bitch. But it's like, why would we believe that Cleveland has their shit together? 
Why would we naturally not assume Cleveland is the problem? And uh, lo and behold, Cleveland was the problem. Cleveland was definitely the problem. <laughs> when was the last time Cleveland wasn't the problem? <laughs> so far, so for the regular se- the rest of the regular season, because I, I don't, I'm not going to spend time combining all these stats between regular season and the one postseason game. You can do that as you should feel like. Yeah, it. Uh, OBJ's time in LA has been remarkably similar in a lot of ways to his time in Cleveland, but just uh, you know, touch fucking better. He's, he has a 56 percent completion or catch percent in the, with the Rams never had that in a season in Cleveland. Never is, is yards per game is, is about the same with the Rams as it was before he left Cleveland 38.1 to 38.7. Um, his receptions per game is up 3.4 versus 2.8. Uh, again, the touchdown number he hasn't had, he hasn't had five in a season since 2018. His last year with the Giants. Oh my god! Oh my god! And what's why it's wild, also wild because he's not being asked to be a wide receiver one. Like no. it's not like they're even force feeding him the ball, like in the, the way that the Browns you would expect them to, because he was their wide receiver one. He is putting up these numbers as a wide receiver two at best. Oh yeah. At of course, best. and it's. It just goes to show how important just having a good offensive coordinator and just having a quarterback capable of giving the ball accurately and consistently is. It's everything. Absolutely everything. Yeah. And obviously, you know, having a guy like Cooper Cup makes it easier for you to pick up a little bit of extra, uh, I don't know, targets or receptions or whatever because there's more coverage being drawn elsewhere. But also, Odell could have been the guy in Cleveland. They just didn't, they didn't figure it out. So close. Yeah, I'm enjoying the storyline. I'm happy Odell's happy. It's hard not to. It is. Fuck Cleveland. Shitty ass sitting. Imagine the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum one day was just like, oh, we, we got to leave. It's too depressing and no one comes. We're going to a much better city. We're going to Detroit. Uh, 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 I love it, but uh, also Detroit, way better music city, way better music city. Detroit, Rock City. That shit is just Motown Central, baby. Anyway, whatever. Like, I mean, literally, but whatever. So that is that is where we we stood with the matchups. All in all, a, a very lopsided weekend of football. Not a lot of like close and interesting games. The Rams-Cardinals game, I think, of the blowouts was the most fun to watch because of how bad the Cardinals' offense performed. It was like, this is a dumpster fire I cannot peel my eyes away from. Um, Whereas watching the Patriots get blown out, it's like my hate boner can only stay erect for so long. (laughs) So it's like, I'm good. I'm just going to look at the final score eventually. Um, but uh, by and large, a lot of lopsided matchups. Did you have a favorite game of any of these? Uh, not the Steelers one. Um, of, like, I, I would say the Rams, just because of how the game ended up turning out, 
Uh, I didn't really actually watch it, so I can't really say that. I guess the Bengals game. I guess. I really want to say the Steelers because, you know, that would meant we won and all of that, but I can't. So, yeah. I don't think any Bengals. of these games were slogs. Like, I don't think any of these games no, were a chore not. to watch. No, 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 no. Never. Not even a little. Uh, all right, so let's get into this this weekend's matchups. The first game will be Saturday at 4.30, which will be uh, Cats Tits. It will be Bengals Titans. Uh, man, that's I... A se- that's a movie sequel I never knew I wanted. Oh, to Cats? Cats 2. Cats Tits. All the buttholes. Only but- buttholes. Only buttholes. Um, mastered animating cat buttholes. Cat nipples. We're working on it. <laughs> the technology is here. Uh, <laughs> you you want to see the X-rated version of cats? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to see any version of cats. I've seen cats. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's it's not. not fun. Bad either. It's 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 just bad. Anyway, uh, Bengals Titans. I do not care. Do you care? Like who wins? Uh, I mean, like I'll watch the game and I'll be happy about it. But I, I, I just don't care who wins this. I think the Bengals win. I think they do. Oh, I'm sure. I, I think the Bengals win too. I just don't give a shit about it. Yeah, I kind of want the Bengals to win because again, I live with a Bengals fan. That helps me out a bit. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I don't give a shit. I think I, I would like the Bengals to win because I, I like Joe I Burrow and Jamar Chase more than I yeah. like. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Well, yeah, I don't like Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, so yeah, absolutely. Um, the second game on Saturday will be the eight fifteen game, which will be Niners Packers, which will be an interesting game. Oh boy! So this will be the Packers <laughs> debut. That's actually well really cool. Game. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a really fun game. Actually, that might be my most looked forward to game of the week. This will be a very interesting game. Uh, two younger head coaches. Uh, yeah. two. Aaron Rodgers, who has been a regular season stud for literally the last decade and has been incapable of reaching another Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, going up against a team that is uh, trying their best to keep their playoff window alive. Uh, I fucking love that description so much. <laughs> well, they're trying their best. <laughs> oh, what a fun time we're having. I did miss these two weeks. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I guess really this game will be most interesting because uh, while the Packers defense of the past couple of years has definitely been better than the past, the Packers defense of the past 10 years, um, it's still not the world's greatest defense. So there might be some room for Jimmy G and the Niners offense to find some holes, whereas the Niners defense is very good and the Packers offense is very good. So I suspect that chances are this will be a battle of field position for the Niners and Rogers containment versus uh, just Aaron Rodgers doing, doing what he does. If Aaron Rodgers is in fact, Aaron Rodgers, it'll be a fun game. If it's um, if he's not Aaron Rodgers, it won't be a fun game. It will depend entirely the Packers. It it will will depend entirely on, on how much Ivermectin Aaron Rodgers had before the game. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh God. It really all comes down to whether or not he gets vaccinated. Because if he doesn't, we've seen Aaron Rodgers can be the guy. If he does, well, his career's over. We have to speak speak the truth. We would be so so happy. (laughs) I wonder if he listens to the Joe Rogan podcast again, so I've hyped up before the game. Oh yeah, I'm really fucking smart. I'm so smart. I've never wanted to listen to the team. I'm so smart. I've never wanted to know an answer to a question less than Aaron Rodgers listens to Joe Rogan before a game. Just like knowing, watching him on the field, warming up, just knowing it's Joe Rogan talking about getting high and doing PCP. Rogers just shoving elk meat up his ass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- that game-wise, it'll be a very interesting game, I think, no matter what. Um, I'm not sure who I'm rooting for yet. I was rooting for the Niners in the last game because why would you root for the Cowboys? But um, exactly, yeah. Who's to say? I'll probably end up rooting for the Niners again. I like I like the underdog. Uh, then we have ooh a very this is actually probably my most anticipated game, the three o'clock game on Sunday, Rams Bucks. Mm. Will Tom Brady get his shit pushed in? I hope so. I I I only want Aaron Donald to like. Squish Brady like an itty bitty bug, and then Brady retire. Just like I want, I want Brady to get sacked by Aaron Donald so many times he Antonio Browns himself out of the league. Undresses in the end zone in the third quarter and is like, "Fuck this shit, I'm done. I'm gonna go play hockey with the Oilers. (laughs) I'm out of here, man." I didn't know I wanted that real bad. Just Tom Brady literally making a business decision to just retire on just an MVP caliber season. That would that would be something. Right? Oh my god. Imagine winning MVP after retiring mid-game. It'd be pretty special. I'll tell you that. Would be. You wouldn't see that again. And he then might, actually. Brady would technically have retired before Big Ben because I'm willing to bet Big Ben doesn't put his retirement paperwork in until uh, after the season ends. And that'd be a fun way to go out. I didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> I want it, but I, I want it real bad now. <laughs> Holy shit. Big Ben survives Tom Brady. That's all you have to write. The that, that, that's they that's the story, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really does. Um. But this will be interesting. Game. Again, any team that has Tom Brady doing anything is bound to be successful, which is very annoying and no one likes. Uh, but the Rams defense is very good. And the Rams offense really, I mean, didn't have to do anything and scored 30 points last game. So, I mean, this is really what playoff football is all about, which is two teams performing at their peak, just squaring off. The Bucks defense has been phenomenal. Todd Bowles is absolutely deserving of another head coaching job. Head coaching stints with the Jets shouldn't count, honestly. I, I, they should not count against you. Except for Adam Gase. That, well, he's his own guy. He doesn't count. As, he's not even a real person. That's just a, that's just a machine that was masquerading as an NFL head coach. <laughs> that man became cocaine. <laughs> has there ever been an opinion of Peyton Manning's that has been worse? No. Uh, not, not that I know of, but honestly, given Peyton Manning's, uh, ethnicity and background geographically, I don't, not sure I want to find out more. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure the worst opinions, I don't even know what they are. 
There's some stuff that went down at Tennessee that came out during the documentary. That hey, uh, what are these robes? It's cold in Indiana, Denver, you know, just need full body covering. When you get oh, no, we're in school in Tennessee. Now. Big Nathan Bedford Forest conventions out there, you know, just had to dress the part. Uh, uh, well, I got a lot oh, of posters for D.W. Griffith in here. Yeah, I know. Very specific uh, references. Uh, All right. Um, fucking what were we talking about? Oh, right. Not, this not game. D.W. Griffith. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's gonna birth that nation all over you. Um, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Miss us? This has been a wild have. one. Uh, but this is really the marquee matchup, especially considering you know the the team's recent histories, which is the Bucks defending champions and mm-hmm. the Rams, who have been a disappointment really uh, ever since they got good. Because they haven't been able to seal the deal. And now they put together all these pieces. They look way better. They just won their division. They've got Matt. They made it, you know, the the big flash acquisition of Matt Stafford. They made the big flash acquisition of Odell Beckham Jr. And yeah, these are a bunch of people who it's like, oh, that'd be cool three years ago. But still, when you make acquisitions, yeah, when you when you sign people that have big fucking names, you get expectations, even if their prime is passed. Because uh, uh, they used to be good, and sometimes they still are really good. Just like these two players are showing that they can be good. So, because uh, honestly, if the Bucks lose, nah, they just won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's yeah. going back next year. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Yeah. If the Rams lose, it feels like it would be a lot more severe for an LA fan. If the Rams lose, you severely have to question what it is we're doing here. What is it that we are shooting for? Because you have no draft capital. Yeah. At this point, you have to have run out of cap space, right? What what are we... We failed, and we need to right this ship. And I, like, either keep pushing all your chips in, even though we don't know where they keep getting chips from, or you just need to sell, sell, sell for draft capital and just we fucked up we failed it's not meant for us we got to start over and you know you can bank on matt stafford depending on how he looks in this game but he, he's about to head into his age 34 season and it, you know you can still keep being a good quarterback after the age of 30 but you know quarterbacks not typically age like tom brady and, and aaron Rodgers have and it might feel like that's how a quarterback is supposed to age. Cause we just saw them both do it. Or even honestly, quarterbacks usually don't even age the way that um, fucking Phil. What's his face. God Mickelson. damn it. He's not, huh? Phil Mickelson. No, what's his fucking, he was with the Colts. God damn it. Uh, and the chargers. Oh, Phil Rivers. Thank you. Oh my God. That name just fucking escaped me. He hasn't been out of the league for like 12 months. Philip Rivers, even the way Philip Rivers and and Ben Roethlisberger have aged, most quarterbacks don't age that well. Yeah. You know, so really, it's not even just a question of we've used up our draft capital, we've used up our cap space, all that shit. It's like now the players we have, we have to worry about how rapidly they will show their age. 
And I'm not saying it's like win necessarily 100% winner bust, but every year that this goes on where the Rams don't get it done in the playoffs, it adds on to that feeling. And by all means, I mean, yes, Tom Brady's, we already know he's the exception, not the rule, but it's not like there's ever been anyone else who's kind of come close to like, nobody's come close to what Tom Brady's done. That's just not a thing that has ever happened before. And don't send it's those not, football players from the fifties. If you're listening to this, fuck yourself. Right. The fifties aren't real. The fifties were segregated. Eat my they balls. The fifties. And then throw the ball past the line of scrimmage then. So fuck off. Um, I know that's not, you know, specifically true. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Running backs um, were halfbacks. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Halfback compromise, right? They really got shafted back then. God. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. That was so bad. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, I, it, it's a game with a lot of stakes. For the, honestly, it's interesting. It's not the 8 o'clock game on Sunday because the 8 o'clock game or sorry, the six o'clock game is Bill's Chiefs. So that'll be the final matchup of the weekend. And uh, I don't care. I uh, This will probably be a good game. I'm sure both teams have played very well. Both teams' offenses put on a fucking display last week. Both teams' mm-hmm. defenses put on a display last week. Um, I don't care. These have, feel like they've been the favorite childs, children of the AFC for the past two seasons. So it feels like Darling facing off against Darling. And uh, boy, howdy, I don't care. I do not care at all. I don't either, even remotely. Nope. Um, I yeah, would have I mean, made the Steelers this. Steelers are out. Game. It's the point of the postseason. Well, yeah, that I would too. But it's the point of the postseason where, like, my team's out of it. So I, I'm just kind of here for the ride now, you know, like. I don't really care what happens all that much. I just kind of want whatever happens to be exciting. Just looking for good games. And not Tom Brady. I always end up watching so much more football during the playoffs than during the regular season because the Jets always play at 1 o'clock and then it ruins my day. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And during the postseason, I can look at teams doing poorly and be like, ha-ha, fuck you. Fuck you. This does not affect me at all. Honestly, for me, I think I watch more in the postseason because, like, in the regular season, if I watch the Steelers game, sure, I'm, I'm going to watch that every week. Um, if I don't watch any other games, there's, like, because there's, what, like 15 other games that are on? If I miss one more, it doesn't matter because of how many games I'm missing already. If I miss a game in the playoffs when there's only four games on this week, it's like, all right, well, I missed a huge chunk of everything that's going on. There's just less football to choose from. So I'm just watching more football naturally because like, it's like with uh, um, football versus like baseball. Like if I watch a game of baseball in a, a day, that's great. I'm never going to watch three football or three baseball games in a single day during the regular season. Cause Holy shit, why would you ever? Unless there's literally nothing to do. Because there's 162 games for each team. You're just watching to watch at that point. Yeah. Yeah, You're you're just watching because you don't own, like, a radio. (laughs) 
Is like, that you're like just, your fallback when you're bored? It's just a radio? you're just watching because you don't have a Spotify account, <laughs> like or a Hulu or something. Like, yeah, yeah. How old uh, are you? <laughs> all right, fuck you. All right, no, no one came here. I, I, I don't want the Spanish Inquisition. We've been through this already. Did you expect it though? No one ever expects it. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's really. Is there any other big drama going on in in the NFL outside of playoff shit? I, there's nothing I can think of at the moment. I know Bruce Arians oh. is getting fined 50k for slapping a safety on the back of the head like a fucking idiot. Um. I don't have anything creative to say about it. He should not have done that. Um, yeah, I feel like no one is on the side of Bruce Arians should have gotten fined. I'm sure Bruce Arians is fine with it. He's um, contesting it. So, yeah, he's, he's yeah. It, Bruce. It's one of those things where it's like he's a football coach in his 70s. He obviously has an old school mind. He's wrong. Like, I'm not trying to excuse his behavior. Matter, but it's yeah. like, I'm not okay. surprised by this. <sighs> Um. Yeah. Otherwise, I got nothing. I mean, oh, Brian Flores getting fired. Oh, we wow. We have not recorded in a while. Um, Where the fuck did that the come? Fuck? From? Why the fuck? Why the yeah, fuck? What? All right. So my conspiracy theory, if I can just drop this for a moment, is Brian Flores got fired, and then Joe Judge got fired from the Giants. And my conspiracy theory ah. is that the Giants were not going to fire Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Flores got fired and they were like, ooh, that's one sexy bitch. And we're like, we're going to take this Bronx native and put him right back in the city and give him one sweet gig. And that's what they're in the middle of now. That's my conspiracy theory. If it wasn't for the fact that Brian Flores has just an unnatural affection towards Deshaun Watson, I would be like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's, you know, a good idea. But, like, I feel like there's no way he would go to any other team but the Texans. Because otherwise, he's just going to try and trade for him anyway. I don't know. Uh, the Giants are probably drafting a quarterback, so. Yeah, but there's no quarterback that I'd want anywhere close to that, how much I would want purely on the field Deshaun Watson. I, I understand. However, Deshaun Watson playing in the NFL again is a suspect case. The Giants are a classier organization than the Texans. I don't know what that necessarily means, but everyone always says it. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, it's really good job security. The Giants are the not Giants. quick to fire coaches. Uh, and you get a rookie quarterback, which yes. usually also brings about some job security. Look at Adam Gase. He should not yeah, have gotten two yes. years, and he did. Yeah. Touche. But anyway, the fact that he got fired in the first place is mind-blowing. Agreed, yeah. I mean, clearly there must be some organizational differences that resulted in that. I'm not trying to justify it in a real sense. I'm trying to make sense of it and why they would even consider this an option. Um, But whatever that organizational difference possibly could have been, it is not evident from a fan perspective. It's one of those things where, God, I hate that. How often I say it's one of those those things but um i think i think it's fine if it truly was a cultural fit that just wasn't going to work if 
you're a franchise capable of consistently finding someone to replace him or, or being able to do something with it and not just, you know, we'll see what the fuck happens because we just can't make it work with Brian Flores. We'll have to find somebody else. I just don't have faith that the Dolphins are going to be able to do anything to fix it or to, to right the ship. And I don't think they're going to be able to ever do better than Brian Flores. No, no, they are not. They made the playoffs this year, which they had no expectation to do on the back of a seven-game win streak. I know they started 0-7. Fucking who cares? They still made the playoffs, and they axed them. I, I mean, and this has been widely discussed in, in the fallout from this. He was one of the very startlingly few black coaches in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one left, so should tell you all you need to know about how diverse they are. Yeah, I, I mean, for, if we're talking just non-white, like not even black, just non-white, Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera. Robert Sala, um, Ron, Rivera. Uh, Ron Rivera. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what eight percent of the league. Uh, math is hard. I'm not going to do it. Uh, that that's plenty fair. Um, uh, it, it doesn't make any it, it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, the NFL is amending the Rooney Rule up this upcoming season so that you have to interview at least two people of color, or it might be specifically black people, um, for head coaching positions and for front office positions. But man, that's a I don't think that's going to be a, uh, enough. I don't even know what enough looks like at this point. I mean, this is absolute insanity that we're even at this point. There's one black head coach. That's it. How this, this is a black league. Are you, I don't know how to give you an answer that you're going to like. <laughs> I, uh, and you, I know you're not, <laughs> I know you have no answers for, for the, for this bullshit. It's just wild to witness. You look at every other sport and you see players who go on to become managers and coaches and you see yeah. progress. Be- I mean, like even dude, baseball has, has now uh, a woman who will be managing a minor league team for an affiliated, uh, for an affiliated team. We're, we're, they're branching out of even just the, the player and execs frame. And that's baseball. I'm not trying to give them too much credit because they do not deserve it, but they're even starting to make those transitions. Football can't even get their own players or is refusing to one is blocking access to their own players becoming coaches. Who is going to know these things better than former players or the black coaches that are in the league today, not getting promoted. How is Eric Bieniemy not have a head coaching job? Todd Bowles is probably going to end up getting a new head coaching job, which he fucking deserves. But I mean, what we're going to go back to two guys, even in a world where, where Brian Flores gets a new job, Todd Bowles gets a new job and Eric Bieniemy gets promoted somewhere. I mean, we're still talking four coaches. It's 32 teams. I don't know the exact numbers of the proportionality of, of the race breakdown in the NFL, but I'm willing to bet the black population is pretty fucking high and play a lot of positions that they could carry that knowledge in knowledge into a, a coaching position for. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And I know you don't have any answers. I'm just whining. <laughs> Fuck, I hate it. I hate it. But, uh, if you had to exclude the Texans and the Giants, where would you expect to see Brian Flores go? 
because he's got to get another head coaching job after the season, especially yeah, with the absolutely. dearth of talent. Um, in the pool, right? Chicago. Oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. Actually, Chicago. I like that one a lot. Um, maybe Denver, young quarterback. You know, historically defensive team. Yeah. No, uh, good offensive weapons, I would think. That might attract, be more of an attractor for Brian Flores there than defense for some reason. Um, yeah, I mean, they'd be getting a rookie QB. They already have a bunch of weapons there at all the other skill possessions, skill positions on offense. I could see that being enticing. Well, wherever he goes, he'll be uh, strongly focused on, especially based against however Miami does next season, because that's going to be the mm-hmm. conversation. Like, like we talk about anytime there's a, a big time move like this, like we just talked about with OBJ leaving uh, Cleveland and heading for Los Angeles. It's the same type of thing. It's going to be, how does that guy do in his new gig? And how does the guy you're replacing him handle filling in? So we'll see. Uh, I do not have hopes for Miami, which is good for my fandom. Um, but yeah, they're a mess. So, uh, got anything else for the NFL? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I don't see anything else that really fucking matters. Uh, yeah, uh, whatever. All right, so then let's briefly talk about MLB shit. There's not been a lot of news. There's been almost no news, but uh, MLB front offices sent out a new proposal to the MLBPA. It was not very good. Figured we would uh, chit-chat, talk about it for just a brief moment because it's interesting. Not good, but interesting. Um, Here are some of the key points that were brought up in their newest proposal. Per John Heyman, Raising the minimum salary and making more money available to Super 2 players, a subset of players who qualify for arbitration four times rather than the usual three based on their service time. Uh, now, who cares? So basically what this is, is they heard the complaint of we're not paying the young dudes enough. And really that is... Actually, it's a level further. We're not paying minor leaguers enough. They hear us. We're not playing, paying the young players enough, which they then translate to. We're not paying the players people know the names of and care about enough. Uh, and so instead of ending up with things like minor league salaries increasing in a meaningful way in this proposal, it's really minimum salary and making more money available to uh, good players who get more arbitration because they have talents and get called up a little sooner. I just, I don't, I'm at the point where I'm sick of these bullshit half-assed attempts to, oh, here's, you know, an offer, you know, accept it. This is what, you know, we think is fair. It's like, no, you don't, you don't think this is fair whatsoever. So why are you trying to make it feel like make us feel like it is because it's not we know it's not nobody thinks it is fuck off yeah that's all i got there yeah because we we gotta this is not about good 
players who are already making their money. Like that's where, where the, the, I don't know if it's, if it's a mental barrier or just, you know, this willingness to not see, which really is what it is. Um, because the MLBPA, from what I understand it, is, is very likely not going in there saying we need our super twos to get, to get paid more. They're going in there saying that the working conditions for minor leaguers and for young guys is horrible. And they're getting paid destitute wages and giving super two players. Cause if you hit, if you're at the point where you're doing arbitration, mm-hmm. even if you're a super two player, even, sorry, even if you're not a super two player, that means that you still gotten paid league minimum for two years to some extent, which league minimum is like $680,000. Uh, and then in arbitration, you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars from that. That's not the problem, right? Obviously, that has its own issues. I'm not trying to fully write off the arbitration system as being totally cool and no problems at all. But that's not the issue that this would be addressing. So there's that, um, which obviously probably didn't go over well. This next one's a super fun one. Uh, MLB offers owners a potential solution to service time manipulation by saying if a highly ranked prospect within the top 150 on prospect lists plays a full year and finishes top five for a major award like MVP Cy Young or Rookie of the Year, his team will get a bonus draft pick. So the idea here is that a complaint that players have is that MLB holds back good players who could be making an immediate impact today. And so MLB solution would be, all right, you go ahead and play those guys when you should be, instead of manipulating their service time, keeping them in the minors for longer. And so they don't hit arbitration or free agency for longer. And in exchange, if they do as well as you could possibly theoretically hope they would and end up being a top five player at their position, We'll give you a draft pick on top of the fact that they just finished as a top five player in their position um, so that you don't so that you can make up for the fact that you just maybe lost like a few hundred thousand dollars worth of profits from paying their increased salary. So what you're telling me is it's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah, in the worst way. In the worst way. It makes absolutely no sense. So really all this is, is rewarding owners for making their teams better. And the players in an aggregate sense, get nothing. Absolutely nothing. Which is a guy who should have gotten called up. Yeah. A guy who should have gotten called up anyway. will now only get called up uh, because the owners have a reason to, layer on the benefits of calling him up really the player, which again will only affect how many players per team max two like max we're talking at most 60 players here again not the problem needing to be solved Uh, the next one there's not a lot of these so don't worry we're not going to be spending a lot of time on this uh, next one is adjustment to the league's previously proposed draft lottery system, um, which I don't have what the tweaks are here, but I do have some other points within here, which is 
Oh, no, that, those are the ones I already read, actually. Never mind. So I don't know what that tweak would be. Uh, but again, the draft lottery system does not feel like the problem. So. No, um, it's just. I don't know why. I guess because they want the leverage. I was going to ask why they would even be focusing on something like that. And it's because, well, they don't want to focus on the actual issues at hand. Um, Of course. Um, CBS does have this little nifty side-by-side for MLB versus MLBPA proposals. Just real quick, there's just five of them. Um, MLB wants to gradually raise the luxury tax threshold to 220 million by 2026, whereas the MLBPA wants it raised to 245 million, no year on the side. So I'm going to assume that's immediate. Uh, yeah. Raising mm-hmm. it to 220 by 2026 is fucking stupid. Uh, I mean, inflation alone will make that less than it is today very, very quickly. So I, I, I do not see the point. No, I don't either. Um... Yeah. Right. Right. Oh my God. Right now it's 210 million. So they're going to need four years to stretch it out another $10 million. Sure. That's insane. Yeah, yeah why not? Why not? I knew it was around 200, but oh my God, fuck you. Uh, wow, that's insane. Uh, next one, MLBPA, sorry, MLB proposes a pay-for-play arbitration system and free agency for all at age 29 and a half. MLBPA proposes free agency at five years of service time and age 29 and a half or six years of service time, whichever comes first. So this probably isn't all that different from each other. I I would think that lowering free agency from six years to five years, definitely a step in the right direction. Having an age limit also definitely helpful. So all players hit free agency by the age 30. That's very nice. It should probably be a little bit earlier. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's a step in the right direction, but it's not a radical step in the right direction. So however slow they want progress to be, I, who knows, but we're not going to have a Randy Wilkins type system with this type of bargaining. Um, But this one, it seems as though they're actually relatively close on Uh, next one. Eliminating MLB proposes eliminating draft pick compensation for free agents. MLB PA is proposing service time bonuses for all-star game selections awards Etc. Uh, I don't really see how those two things quite line up. But yeah, again, it's like, all right, cool. So the top guys get money. Got it. Yeah, MLBPA Not side really I, at all wow. with the issues. Don't. I guess that's really for again. Like, do you have a rookie who makes an All Star game? Maybe they'll count that as an extra. I don't know X number of months of service time or a year of service. Who fucking to, to shorten the clock. So if they call, call it a year just to make it easy, um, if you make an all-star game your second year up, instead of having to wait three more years to hit free agency, I, I guess you would wait uh, two two more years. Uh, who, who is my assumption? I don't I don't know. Um, again, not, not quite the issue I want to see solved, but I, I guess again that's nope. something. Getting rid of the uh, compensation picks for free agents leaving is actually a a good thing. I, I, I just, I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Uh, this is a first reaction to it. Uh, but 
it takes away rewarding teams for just letting players go. They have no sincere attempt about keeping. You know, like, why would I, why would I give a player a third round pick? Sorry. Why would I give a team a third round pick for letting their free agents go? Yeah. All right. Too sure. Cause oftentimes we see, like, we see teams gain this all the time by extending a qualifying offer to a player that, is never going to take the qualifying offer because they're much, much better than that. But the team didn't feel like paying for that player. So when the player doesn't accept the qualifying offer and goes somewhere else, uh, that team will get a draft pick as a form of compensation. Even though the player never intended on signing that offer, the team never Mm -hmm. thought the player actually would. They just want to make sure they got their pick because why wouldn't you take a free third round pick? Mm -hmm. And that would happen every single year. How many third round picks is there like end up being if That's every like, team gets a third round pick? I mean, NFL does it the same way. The third round is the biggest round volume wise. Yeah. It's where all their comp picks go to. Yeah. But like, there's only ever like 10 that get given out. Yeah. Uh, the qualifying offer doesn't go out to of every, because not every, not every team has a player worth more than 18 mil. That is also uh, on the custom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was a shock when Noah Syndergaard did. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last one here is uh, MLB is proposed. Oh, sorry. There's two more. MLB proposes expanding to a 14-team postseason. MLBPA wants a 12-team postseason. Right now, we are at 10 teams, um, five from each league, the three division winners, and two wild cards. So the MLB PA proposal will be three division winners, three wild cards. The MLB's position on it, the MLB's position on it would be um, three division winners and four wild cards, which is really something. Um, I would absolutely not be in favor of that. That feels insane. 50% of the league gets into the playoffs. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, but again, in terms of what's going to be bickered about, this feels like one of the smaller things. Yeah. Last thing is MLB proposes draft lottery for the top three picks. As of right now, there is no lottery. And MLBPA is proposing draft <sighs> lottery with a market size component, which I actually hate that. Um, fuck, fuck your market size component. Make the owners more rich. Uh, like make, make people sell the team if they're not spending money on their teams. That shouldn't be a fact. I... If I become a billionaire tomorrow for some reason, like Jeff Bezos dies and left sure. me his fortune, right? And he's like Joshua Tracy gets all of my money. I could I could buy the Rays as a Jersey resident. And the fact that the Rays are in Tampa would have nothing to do with my with my net worth. Mm-hmm. It's all dude dude. I don't understand why there is this concept of market size when it has anything to do with anything. Other Where than you get your money for, for like attendance, it will matter because more populated areas should have higher turnout ratios. Um, and I was going to say something else, but I forget what it was. It shouldn't like not every team owner can't be from that area. Or makes their living right. solely from owning the baseball team. That's the thing. Like no MLB owner, or I, I'll caveat say 
if there's any, it's got to be horribly few, make their money strictly from owning their team. Right. I just... I don't get what their incentive is at the end of the day. Like, why are you pushing this for the owners? Pushing what? Like, oh, the market size component? Yeah. Oh, I have no, that's what I'm saying. It feels very owner, like in favor of the owners than it does right. in favor of the, the I don't players. know how that helps the players. Does it? I, I Does it ever? <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, if anything, it's going to send more good players to smaller market teams that will just trade them for nothing and will probably cheap out on their minor league living expenses. So like, status like, quo is unchanged. That's what I'm saying. Like address the major concerns first, like not having your prospects live in fucking squalor. And then maybe you can address the market size competition based issues. And again, wouldn't you rather have, if you could, in a perfect world, trade out owners who didn't feel like spending money for owners who did feel like spending money and had that capital, would you not do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see why that can't be on the table. If I'm the ML, if I'm the MLBPA, that's what I, that's the argument I'm saying. I'm like, why would you have an owner who doesn't want to spend money on their team? There's twenty, there's there's twenty two owners out here who love spending money on their baseball teams. Why are we going to get fucked in the ass by these eight jackasses? That'd be my talk. Mm. But I'm also not very smart. No, we are not. Why are we still working here, people? Why are we still sending out work emails? Oh, uh, because some people really hate their families. Ah, uh, so that that's where it stands. Again, there's no real updates here. The MLBPA rejected this proposal like immediately. Um. MLB obviously wants to show the concept that more money will be issued to players. But again, they're not addressing the issue because they're selecting a very small group of players and saying, those guys will get more money. Um, And then everyone else will be like, what about everybody else? And MLB would be like, shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. (laughs) Why are you talking? Yeah. Who let you in here? Um, So, yeah, it's not as it's not a it's not arguing in good faith or, or negotiating good faith, I should say. So. Which should that ever be expected? Not expected, but hoped for. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, that's all I think is really going down. You got anything else? No, God, no. I have nothing. I never have anything. That's true. You're a colossal waste of fucking matter. <laughs> Touche. You and my I've mom never seen a more useless carbon. <laughs> uh,. I've looked at my own shit. That's really the only thing that ever comes close. <laughs> the most useless thing I produce is the only thing more useless than me as a whole. The most useless thing I produce is profit for my overlords. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks for having us back and inviting us into your home. Uh, if you like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Jason Pod. If you'd like to uh, follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juiceofnumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.